0: This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. For our very first episode of 2023, well, we know you've likely set a resolution or two. Maybe one of them is to start exercising or do more exercising. And so this week we're asking, how do I make exercise part of my routine, a solid part of my routine? Hi, Mary. Welcome to The Dose. Hello. Thanks for having me. Do you ever have trouble with motivation when it comes to a workout? (laughs) I do. I do. I am human. Yes. So so what do you do? What do you do to to motivate yourself?
1: So for me, it's, it's the fuel that keeps me going and makes sure I have a good day. So it's, It's pretty obvious when I'm grumpy by the end of the day and I just don't know what's wrong. Um, That motivates me for the next day to to change up really quickly.
0: (laughs) You know, uh, I feel like I'm looking in a mirror right now because I'm imagining that for me it's about 20 past 5 in the morning and it's minus 20 with a wind chill and I got to put on layers if I'm going to go on my run and I'm thinking I don't want to do it but what i say to myself is i like you i'll be grumpy at the end of the day and i'll feel i'll think so much better and i'll be so much more focused if i do this and i I've, I've actually learned how to say brian you're doing this for you this is for you mm. there's so many things you do during the day that are not for you this is for you what do you think of that mm-hmm. yeah absolutely
1: that's the you're taking away all my tips here that's that's a key part of of sticking to an exercise regime is is making it all about you. The why has to be aligned with your values, for sure.
0: We're gonna to get to all of that in a moment. I know you're the expert. And so before we begin, can you give us a hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it, just ad lib. Sure, I'm Mary Jung. I'm an associate professor at the University
1: of British Columbia, and I direct the Center for Health Behavior Change here.
0: And so much of this is about behavior change, which is why you're the perfect guest for this show. Looking forward to it. So people often set resolutions to work out more because they want to be in better shape. So for those who don't know, how much aerobic exercise should they be doing? Yeah.
1: So the goal is 150 minutes of cardiovascular or aerobic activity at a moderate or vigorous intensity. So that's that type of exercise is, this, is the type that is hard enough to get your breathing Uh, a little bit more rapidly you can carry on a conversation but you're you know you might have to take a pause you can't sing a song Um, and over the course of seven days we want to accumulate at least 150 minutes of that type of intensity work.
0: Okay so uh, I'll I'll talk about myself a little bit I've been running for close to 50 years in fact this will be my 50th year half a century and I know how hard (laughs) it is to get started uh, you're the pro. Um, how do you advise people who want to make a start?
1: Yeah, so st- starting is um, why we so many people fail in the resolutions because we start too big. And it, I, I think the a key part is really starting small. We need to set realistic routine goals, and you know they're going to listen to yourself, Brian, and go, "Oh well, you know it's been running for fifty years. Why can't I?" And then there becomes this guilt and this shame in it. When the reality is. People come out and walk around the block for ten minutes. That would be a huge improvement and success if they started out doing zero minutes, right? So we we need to have these when we are starting, remembering that um, the biggest improvements happen from baseline to month one, and that's because we're taking small but strategic steps in the right direction. So you know when it comes to what that might look like, if let's say a, a listener is is completely inactive right now, they they don't do any purposeful physical activity in their daily routine, then I think starting with a 10 to 15 minute daily goal is, is a great place to start. It's enough to elicit physiological benefit. Um, it's certainly enough for you to feel different, your mood to change. You get some of the adaptations that we talked about, the fuel to ensure you have a good day. Um, But it's also small enough that, you know,
0: 10 to 15 minutes in your day won't throw off your work routine. There's walking and there's sauntering. Uh, So how fast are you walking (laughs) and are you going uphill? Is it on the level? What's your advice? Yeah. And this is the individual bit of it. And this is why
1: exercise prescription often gets convoluted. So we see these pictures of people doing high intensity workouts with, you know, a parachute off their back, and they're sprinting like a football player. That's really not needed. In fact, if you are, if you haven't been active for a couple years, or you're carrying excess weight, you actually will work harder than somebody who's very fit standing right beside you in the same bout of you know, in the same time frame, um, because you're, you know, you are essentially inefficient at exercising. So we often use simple things like the talk test: work hard enough that you can't sing "Oh Canada," but that you are able to have a one sentence by one sentence conversation
0: with a friend. So you can't sing "Oh Canada." <laughs> okay, I'm taking that down. All right, uh, and and you've already said how long that initial workout should be: ten to fifteen minutes, right? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. At what point are you increasing it to 20 minutes? Mm -hmm. Once you feel success, and I'm
1: using both my research from a psychological perspective and my uh, research in physiological changes after exercise. So building in purposeful bouts of success is very strategic and helpful for motivation. So if I know that I can do a 10-minute walk, I could challenge myself and say, well, I'm going to start at 15. But actually, I want to build in the successful bouts of exercise to start me off on a right path. So just like lifting weights, if I know I can lift 10 pounds and doing a bicep curl, I'm going to start at 10 pounds, even though I know I can already do it. It's in fact, really important for me to experience success and accomplishment And then the next week, I'll bring it up a little bit. I'll increase that walk to 12 minutes or I'll go around one more walk around another block. It's very important to start small and start at a point where you
0: know you can actually achieve that and then build your way up from there. You and I are talking about walking as if it's the only thing to do. It certainly is the easiest and most practical thing to do wherever you live, whatever climate you live in. Just throw on some comfortable shoes and your clothing, you know, appropriate for the weather and off you go but it's not the only thing to do to get started there are other things you can do some people might want to take a dip in the pool instead mm-hmm. that's right for sure um
1: often use walking
0: because it is
1: you know cost efficient and is relatively barrier free Um, but there is of course other modes and so, some people who have knee pain or low back pain they might prefer something like swimming but then there's of course this whole opportunity to work out indoors now and that doesn't mean buying a gym membership nowadays you can um, at your fingertips have millions of free workout routines um through, if you have access to
0: internet, are there any that you recommend? Obviously, we're not we're not trying to be too commercial on this show, but but are there any kinds of of free apps that you recommend? For sure. Um,
1: well, part of my research um, works directly with the YMCA, and I love their Y at Home um, because, like we just mentioned, it's free, available for everybody, and there's you know millions of great both live and on demand classes
0: there um, to help our Canadians you started to talk about some of the benefits that people will notice right away. So what what are the typical bodily reactions to a brand new exercise routine? Well, right away,
1: you can expect to have more energy throughout that day, and you can expect to have better sleep that night, and you can um, expect to um, have your muscles be uptaking Uh, blood sugar, excess blood sugars running around the veins after perhaps too many holiday cookies. Um, Right away, within 24 hours, you're getting an enormous dose of endorphins and all these beneficial changes. Some we can see, some we can't. And then right in in the midst of the exercise bout itself, we can also expect to feel uncomfortable. And as long as we acknowledge that, we can reframe our mindset around those feelings of discomfort. Um, you know, when we want to change our life, we need to change the things we're doing in our life and change sometimes is hard. And so as long as we make sure we view or perceive those feelings of discomfort as because of the change and the wake up we're giving our bodily systems, not because it's somehow incorrect or or not right for us. Um, I think we can expect that right away.
0: Queer life in Montreal was wild. Montreal in the 90s was a great time, but it had a dark side. It was not a safe city for gay people back then. But what else was behind a series of deaths in the city? Somebody's killing gay men. We want to know why. I'm Francis Pouard, and this is The Village, the Montreal Murders. Get early access to episodes at CBC.ca slash listen or by subscribing to the CBC True Crime Premium Channel on Apple Podcasts. We've talked about some of the improvements that you'll notice in the first 24 hours, but you know, certainly my, my dim recollection is that it takes something like a month of continuous exercise to 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 get some of the aerobic benefits that you want to be able to achieve. Is that still is that still what science tells us?
1: Actually it's it's good news and the advancement of science there. We we see benefits Pretty much within 24 hours. So, you know. Oh, <laughs> great. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, the, the thing is, though, it's repeated bouts. So, <laughs> um, you know, I work in trying to prevent type two diabetes and in individuals who are at high risk. And, and we know there's really powerful effects of exercise on blood glucose or blood sugar levels. And so we know we want to keep those blood sugar levels low but you know our muscles sponge it up and help us metabolize that much more quickly unfortunately we can't we can't stay stored that benefit up it happens every time we exercise and it lasts for about 24 hours but then we've got to do it again the next day to keep those blood sugars uh level or low and then cardiovascular you know our heart health and heart function we can see pretty big changes within as little as a couple of weeks of training.
0: Um, So, you know, we've been talking about how to get started. What works when you're trying to motivate people to turn exercise into a regular habit like brushing teeth? Yeah. So I would argue this is... This is where the real
1: challenge comes in. Anyone can start. Um, it's the, the real champions stick with it. And, you know, I think the overall tip is, is perspective. So we know, like you mentioned, brushing teeth can become a habit. Um, it's a simple behavior. And uh, that habit is an automatic reaction to a cue. So we see our toothbrush and we then, you know, without even thinking of it, we don't even realize that we're brushing our teeth at the end of the day. What makes it more challenging when we think about exercise is that, of course, it has to be volitional. We have to choose to do it. And there's so many other factors in our life that are going on that act as a barrier to us engaging in this purposeful exercise. Um, We know that, of course, exercise takes longer than brushing our teeth too. And so we've really got to pre-plan our day and and respect that we probably will never get a cue response reaction like some type of you know pavlovian uh (laughs) experiment but rather um we can do our best in pre-planning so that barriers don't get in our way or as many barriers as possible don't get in our way and and that will lead to longer term success
0: so what does a pre what does a pre-plan look like yeah
1: so a pre-plan might be something like, uh, in making an implementation intention. And this is where we, we create if-then statements. So if it, my alarm goes off at 5 a.m. on a weekday, I will put on my workout clothes and at least start exercising. <laughs> and so I, uh, in that if-then statement or, or another one, you know, uh, if it's if it's lunchtime at work, I am going for a walk around my um, around the foyer, or I'm going to do one set of stairs. Those implementation or if-then statements, when they become very specific in terms of the time and the place that it is set, they are more likely to resemble a habit in that that cue will more likely result in the desired action. The the other piece about that though is is it's not fail proof. You're just making it as setting yourself up for as much success as possible. And and the long term bit about this, where I'm leading this to is that we also need to plan for failure. Because we are all humans and there is guaranteed, that's the one thing we can guarantee is that there will be a guaranteed time when the vacation occurs or, you know, when sickness occurs or uh, the dog or the kid or the work changes or what have you. And so as long as we have a plan for relapse that helps us get back on course, then that also will really set ourselves up for long-term success.
0: And what goes into the plan for relapse? What do you do then? Oh, this is where self compassion or kindness comes in.
1: You know, unfortunately, there's a big um, disconnect or difference between um, how men and women often take the relapses. But really, knowing first of all that you're not alone, <laughs> that, that, Everyone fails at some point or, you know, maybe not even considering it a failure, but a, an inevitable pause in the exercise routine. And then bringing back those starting points again, start small. If a week has gone by, we need to not jump back on the horse at the same intensity for the same number of minutes that we were going at before, but rather, um, just getting out there the next day and, um, being proud of getting back on top of you know the routine again that's what the goal should be at that point
0: and and very important to pat yourself on the back that you did it you got back to
1: it that's right totally acknowledging the wins is is a major part and rewarding ourselves when we do do it and that's a big part about the long-term success plan as well we need to self-monitor so that we can tick that calendar or give ourselves that um, sense of accomplishment for,
0: for doing the workouts that day. Is it ever effective to pair your exercise routine with a habit that you already do?
1: So this is an interesting concept. It's been more explored in research in terms of replacing one habit with another. And so, you know, an easy example of this is replacing unhealthy snack type foods with vegetables and dip or, um, increased fruit and vegetables. The pairing bit is, I think can work out, although there hasn't been a, as much research on that aspect, as long as we remember the confounds or the, the, the context that we're in. So I, it would not make sense, for example, for me to pair my workday with an hour long exercise bout if my bus leaves at a certain time and I can't extend my work day And, you know, for example, but I do know there's been positive effects for people who pair their kids activity with their, the parents or the caregivers activities. So for example, when my child is at soccer, I will walk around the pitch um, for that. I don't need to stand there. Or if my, you know, my kid is in gymnastics, I will go off and do a walk outside the building and come back.
0: I'm imagining that if you have a dog and your dog needs some exercise, <laughs> that that would be a really, a very synchronous uh, type of parent. That's
1: a great one. And we can all, including myself, use reminders that dog parks, although you can just stand and watch your dog, <laughs> you could also walk or Do any types of activities in a dog park? You don't actually have to stand still and let your dog do all the work.
0: So, uh, let's talk about other strategies that you might recommend to make exercise a daily or a weekly habit. Um, How about tech? Does technology help?
1: Absolutely, can. And this it's not a requirement, but it certainly can. And I think that's where we go back to the you know the real evidence based behavior change techniques of self monitoring. Of reward giving, of um, checking in and revising our goals accordingly, there are a lot of beautiful apps that can help you do that. And lots for free, some for pay, but they all work this in essentially the essentially same way.
0: But there is some benefit to technology. I mean, so it's, it's it, it, giving somebody a Fitbit or something like that is not is not is not a waste of money. It's I mean, I certainly I certainly know when I've done ten thousand steps, and I feel kind of proud that I've done it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The the thing with self monitoring is that you want to be able to check
1: back, the check back that week, check back that month, etc. And, and things you know like Fitbits and and other wearable technologies often have something that pairs with it so that you can look back on the calendar. And and you want to do that because you want to be able to, uh, have a goal that might be a frequency per week or a frequency per month type activity, but also so that you can revise that goal. So if the original goal was, you know, three times a week and over the last four weeks, you've done it twice each week, that doesn't mean you quit, right? It just means that that goal was, um, not for you right now. And of course, two times a week is much, much better than one or zero times a week. So it just, it's nice to have a, be able to take a step back.
0: Okay. So you, you touched on something, but I want to get back to it. You talked about, about combining several things at once Uh, when you're trying to build a routine. What about adding goals, like losing a certain amount of weight or completing a, a 2k or a 5k or a 10k run or, or changing your diet, for instance? For sure,
1: goals can be so motivating and also so debilitating <laughs> and so we want to set good ones absolutely. I think um, having a uh, exercise routine that's going to last has to be built around um, healthy, realistic goals and I also think that one way to to set a good goal quote unquote is um, to make sure that the routine is the goal um, rather than some outcome goal at the very end that we don't really have much control over. So for example, we don't really have a ton of control over how much weight we lose, but we do have great control over the behavior of exercising. So we can set goals around, for example, three times a week or 150 minutes of cardio each week or Um, you know, lifting weights x number of times, that will be more likely to motivate us as we continue to reach that goal. We might even increase the challenge of the goal over a number of months or or weeks.
0: Okay. Last thing I want to ask you, um, you have partly answered it, but you know, some of us are going to try a new routine or try to increase it dramatically. And something's going to happen around two weeks out. We're gonna we're gonna stop doing it. Uh, we're gonna say, "What's the use?" So, what's your best pep talk to that person listening to us who tries but gives up after a couple of weeks?
1: I I love that question because for most listeners, or adults, they have an experience of being a child to themselves or uh, being a caregiver to one. And I would say, self compassion. Talk to yourself like you would a child who is encountering a new challenge. We would never chastise that child uh, for giving it a try. In fact, we would probably tell them if they had a small failure or a setback. We would probably say, "That's good. You learn from that mistake. Go out there again. Try it out tomorrow." And and that's really how we need to treat ourselves with kindness when. When inevitably, you know, we get a blister because we have we're not used to wearing those running shoes, or you know, we just work got crazy busy and we missed a week. Um, that doesn't mean we are a failure. It doesn't mean that we're not meant to exercise. It doesn't mean that we can't do this. It just means okay, working out at this time is is not the right time for me. Next week, I'm going to try a new time, or I'm going to try a new pair of
0: socks. Mary Jung, this has been fantastic. I am motivated having listened to you. Uh, I am going to go out and I'm going to increase the duration of some of my runs. Uh, and I'll be thinking of you, uh, but I'll be uh, doing it for me so I can be kind to myself. I want to thank you so much for, for, for sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. Mary Jung is associate professor at University of British Columbia School of Health and Exercise Sciences. Here's your dose of smart advice. A new year is a useful time to start a new exercise routine. The overall goal is to start a program that you can continue indefinitely. So make your goals realistic. What you're aiming for is to exercise a minimum of 150 minutes per week, or 30 minutes per day for five days a week. Walking is easiest because you don't need special equipment and you can do it anywhere. Begin by walking outdoors or indoors for 10 minutes. Walk briskly to the point at which you can carry on a conversation but are unable to sing the national anthem. Use that level and duration of activity as a baseline and build from there. The good news is that you'll notice benefits almost immediately. They include increased vigor, better mood, and better sleep. You may even notice an improvement in your aerobic fitness within just two weeks. The key is to turn a good start into a regular habit like brushing your teeth. There are several ways to do that. The first is to pre-plan your day so that you have time and opportunity for regular exercise. State your intention to exercise regularly. For example, when my alarm goes off on a weekday morning, I'll walk for 10 or however minutes. Or every lunch break, I'll walk around the block or walk up and down a flight of stairs. Consider pairing your exercise with a well-entrenched routine like walking the dog. Give yourself lots of pats on the back each time you exercise. Treat yourself to small but tangible rewards. There are lots of free resources available, like the YMCA's "Why at Home, that can help you track your progress. Devices like pedometers can help you clock your steps. The best ones help you check back on your progress over the long term. Expect bumps along the way. Illness, vacations, emergencies, bad weather. There are lots of excuses to hop off an exercise routine. Just get back out there as soon as you can. Drop back to a lower level of activity if that helps you get back on track. Be kind and compassionate to yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back for restarting an exercise routine. Remember, any exercise is better for your health than doing nothing. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. You can find The Dose wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars so more people can find us. This edition of The Dose was produced by Stephanie Dubois. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your health care provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca
1: slash podcasts.